Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Laura. I'm super excited about today's episode because I have an amazing guest, my friend, Laura Skelmos. So Laura is the owner of the business, Laura Essentially Inspired, and one of the services she provides is educating about using essential oils to support health and wellness naturally. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to be doing this. This is exciting. Yeah, and I'm so excited that you're here because I feel like a lot of people hear buzz about essential oils, um, whether it's a trend or it's something that comes up in the news, whether it's positive or negative, I feel like people don't know enough about essential oils. Yeah, absolutely. There's tons of talk around it. And especially with Dr. Google these days, there's lots of people people searching stuff on the internet. And there's a ton of information out there, whether it's good or bad. It's really hard to decipher. So that's my goal really is to help educate people using essential oils to support their health and wellness naturally and to do it safely and effectively. Absolutely. And so tell us a bit about your background in why I I think you're such an expert and I love this in the field and you have a good blend of the science background with the education on specifically essential oils and toxins and we'll kind of get into that but give me a little bit of your background. Yeah, for sure. So my education is in biological science and I had a special interest in studying environmental biology. So that's kind of a fancy word yeah. for saying that I studied biology from the processes of how the body works and all that sort of thing. But then with the environmental biology, it was more about learning how things interact with the environment. Yeah. And that's so important. Yeah. And I've always kind of thought of myself as somewhat of like a scientist hippie. Yeah. (laughs) Because, because I've always been interested in improving the environment and making sure that the world that we live in is a safe and healthy place. But then also being able to use different tools to support our health while improving the environment. And a lot of those tools ultimately come from nature. And basically how I got introduced to essential oils was because of this. I wanted to create products in my home that were reduced in toxins to help keep my house clean, to keep my health, my health clean. But then as I became a mother, it really shifted to wanting to look for ways to reduce the exposure of my children to toxins and essential oils really were the right fit for that. Yeah. And I find that that's a lot of the shift of, of a lot of people when they become parents, they start to realize like, oh my gosh, I can't be exposing my children to these kinds of things. And they start reading ingredient labels. And a lot of people, especially when they have little kids, they're like, I don't want to have all of these, all of this crap in the environment kind of being absorbed. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what it was for me. And I basically started my my real essential oils journey when I was pregnant with my second son is when I was introduced to doTERRA essential oils, which is what I am now using in my household. But I used essential oils prior to that as well. I just didn't really understand them to the way that I do now. So there was a shift in it for sure for me when I had my kids. Yeah. Tell me about um, the essential. You mentioned you're with doTERRA now and you used essential oils before then, but tell me about 
what that looked like versus now in terms of essential oils after you've kind of learned a bit more and, and become more educated? For sure. So when I started using essential oils, probably right out of university, which would have been like mm, 15 years ago. And wait, 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 you went to Guelph, right? <laughs> yes. I yeah, went to so University of Guelph. Shout out to University of Guelph because I also went there and it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Such an amazing school and such diversity Mm -hmm. in the education that you can receive there for sure. Um, Anyway, so I started making a lot of my own personal products. So like soaps and creams and cleaning products. And I was putting essential oils in them. And those essential oils that I was buying were basically coming from oh, like different online stores or just the health food store. And I really didn't understand the power of those essential oils. And I was really only using them to, to replace fragrances yeah. initially, and which is good. But when I started to learn about what you can really do with essential oils, and I do have to credit, it was actually a friend of mine when I was pregnant with my second son, Um, I was suffering from severe heartburn and I was taking like Santac and Tums and all of those things to help relieve it. All those lovely things. Yeah, Yeah. wonderful things that are great for your body (laughs) Um, (laughs) to help relieve it. And it wasn't working. And I was at my friend's house and I was complaining about this heartburn. And she said, well, why don't you try this? And she handed me a small capsule that had a couple of drops of an essential oil blend. And it was... um, it was the doTERRA digestive blend that she had given me. Anyway, I thought, you know what? Yeah. I read the ingredients. I said, this can't be worse than what I'm currently taking. <laughs> so I tried it. And within 20 minutes of taking this little capsule with literally two drops of essential oil into it, I had relief for the first time in weeks. And that night I laid in bed with for the first time in weeks without having this pain of the heartburn. And I thought, you know what, I got to learn more about this. I got to learn what this is, because if this helped me in this moment, think of all the other things that these essential oils could do. So from there, I started reaching out and learning about what doTERRA essential oils were and what they had to offer. And I was really blown away by the different ways that you could use them ways that I would never in a million years have imagined that I could use my oils that I was buying from the health food store. Absolutely. And I think that's incredible. And you mentioned the the capsule with essential oils, and we'll get into that in a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because I also have something to add that. Yeah, we'll get into that. Sure. Um, so let's, let's just start with toxins. Yeah. So for those people who don't know, what is a toxin? Why should we care? What is the impact of toxins? Yeah. So this was This was originally what drew me to wanting to learn more about how we can improve our environment, help the planet, because ultimately we only have one place to live. However, there's so many toxins that are actually affecting our health. And I've always loved nature and I always tend to turn to nature for solutions and hence why I ended up landing on essential oils. But basically, toxins are any substance that we get exposed to that can create an impact negatively on the health of our cells and our body. And those toxins can be found everywhere. They can be found in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the products we put on our skin, um, the chemicals you use to clean your home, and 
even in the fabrics or the furniture in your home and the list just keeps going on and on. It, it can be quite overwhelming when you start to think about how much exposure, but let's just go. Oh yeah. yeah and, but let's just go back for a second to what an actual toxin is. So there can be acute exposures to toxins. So that's something where it's like, I use the example of like a snake bite that would be an acute exposure to a toxin, or we can have prolonged exposure over time. And it's the prolonged exposure that scares me because this is where we start seeing things called bioaccumulation in the body. And I'm going to try not to use that word too many times, but basically if you think of it, (laughs) it's a buildup of toxins in our body. And what happens is that when we're exposed to these toxins, our cells become damaged. And in some way, our bodies are not going to be able to effectively perform its normal functions. And this becomes a huge problem. Now, let's talk about the snake bite for a second, because people tend to use this as a really good um, understanding of what a toxin is. So you're hiking in the woods and you get bitten by a a venomous snake. If you're in Ontario, that could be like a a rattlesnake, right? Um, So what happens is, is that your body's blood cells become damaged from that toxin, which very quickly can start to create internal bleeding if you're not treated. This is, again, an example of a very acute exposure to a toxin. And chances are you're not likely to have this happen. However, if you look at something from a long-term exposure, I like to use the example of phthalates because these are things that are found in many of our cosmetic products, including fragrances. They're found in plastics. And the impact on our health, it might not be as life-threatening initially, but over time, that's where we start to see the impact. So things like phthalates have been linked to thyroid dysfunction in adults, which can include so many different symptoms like fatigue, mm-hmm. weight gain, digestive problems, and the list literally just keeps going when we start talking about mm-hmm. our thyroid. However, the good news is, is that with these toxic exposures, when you eliminate the exposure over time, they actually quickly exit your body. So the key here is, is that it's not too late. You can start to reduce your toxic exposure and start to improve your health. And honestly, these types of toxins, the ones that we are exposed to on a daily basis, these are the scariest ones because they start creating things like hormone disruption in our bodies. And that can be a big problem because they are the link to so many different body systems and so many different illnesses. Even if you don't understand anything about biology, just know that when you disrupt something from the natural way that your body is supposed to work, that's when you start creating illness. And if we absolutely, yeah, and if we don't figure out a way to come back to balance and come back to understanding that if we reduce these toxins, that our body will start repairing itself and start getting better then we're never going to get there. So that's why it's like, okay, we have to look at the big picture first. Where can we change this? Yeah. And I find on that note of hormone disruptors, I feel like we are just at the, on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to research on the impact of these. Mm -hmm. Like we are looking at new research that's more and more looking at a lot of these other chemicals that not only bioaccumulate, but actually end up in the reproductive um, systems of our kids. Mm -hmm. So 
even even like when we look at something like BPA, BPS is often used as a BPA substitute. And now research is coming out that BPS isn't any better than BPA. So there's a lot and you're absolutely right. There's so much to um, still look into when it comes to these chemicals. However, hormone disruption is the one of the biggest issues. Mm-hmm. My kind of rule of thumb is that if if it's something that you personally wouldn't put into your mouth to eat, why would you mm-hmm. put it onto your skin or why would you clean your surfaces with it? And that's the way that I look at that type of thing. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of things that we eat that are still toxic to us. But if you yeah. if you start to think about it in that respect, it actually becomes a little bit less daunting to think of reducing toxins in your household. Yeah. And I also think that when it comes to toxins, there's a lot of things that people just don't know Mm -hmm. because there's not any education out there, which is your, why you are doing what you do and why you're so good at it because people need that education. But I think that some of these things, once you know, you can't unknow. Mm -hmm. Like one of these, when you know what's in your, the products that for me, for example, I cannot go into someone's house who is burning a a regular candle. Mm -hmm. Like it's obviously I go into their house, but you're, you're, you're completely understanding like, Oh, I'm burning all these chemicals and formaldehyde and all these sorts of things. And you really become hyper aware of, of everything around you with respect to that. Yeah. Yeah. You do. But I think the key is, is to really, to shift our thinking, to not be afraid, but to shift our Mm -hmm. thinking to thinking that we can fix this and that our bodies are amazing in the sense that, when you do eliminate your exposure or reduce your exposure to this type of toxin, your body quickly starts to repair. I compare it to somebody who's been a smoker for years and years and years. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. so much research around that when you quit smoking, your body and your lungs actually start to repair and the rate of repair is surprisingly fast. So I always think, you know what? Yes, you can't unlearn what what you know and there is a lot of scary stuff out there but knowledge is power and with that knowledge we can certainly improve our health we can improve the health of our children and their children's children and the health of our planet and all of those things if we really just hone in on this idea of reducing toxins in our environments exactly and so how has this knowledge of of all these chemicals impacted your family on a personal level Yeah. So we have shifted a lot. Our family, I I try not to use scare tactics with my kids because they're still little, but um, for me, it really has been about just shifting how we do things. So how we clean our house, how we look at supporting our health, how we look at dealing with illness in our house. And I'm talking like just a cold or a cough we've changed the way that we do things and we don't run off to the drugstore every single time somebody's sick. We don't necessarily um, buy things from the store to clean our house or to solve problems in our house. When it comes to cleaning, we turn to things that we have and that's where the essential oils really, really come in because I can use these things for so many different things. For me, a big part of it too, and I think it's important that I mention this, I have an extremely long family history of cancer within my family. And Mm -hmm. there is so much research now that indicates that 
the environmental exposure that we have over time can actually change the way that our body turns on specific genes related to creating cancer in our body. Yep. So for me, having these tools on hand in my home to be able to reduce this toxic exposure in my life is so comforting to know that I'm not only helping support my own health, but the health of my entire family and anybody who comes into my home for that matter. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it is nice to know too, that like, if one of my kids wakes up in the middle of the night with a cough or an earache, I don't have to use over-the-counter painkillers. I can grab things that are much more natural, that are going to help their bodies be supported through getting better. And I know that they're not going to end up with this huge bioaccumulation of over-the-counter medication in their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because they're little, it's so good to be starting them on this type of living now, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned, obviously, you don't want to use scare tactics, but it's it's so good for them the long term, especially the education. And they're probably learning how to do this, all, all this DIY soaps and things like that, that you make. I'm sure your kids take part in, in that sort of thing as well with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would say that as as a parent, that is the easiest way to get your family on board is to involve them and to really help empower them with their own tools. So for them to be able to know that they can use these things to help support their own bodies, because kids are pretty smart when it comes to knowing what it Mm -hmm. is that they need to help support their bodies. But just giving them the tools and knowing that they're safe is the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned phthalates as one example of a toxin in our lives. And so I just wanted to kind of go over for the average person, what are some other main sources of toxins? Yeah, so our indoor air quality is probably the largest source of toxins that we can Mm-hmm. we see people being exposed to. Um, there was a study done by the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States, and it noted that indoor air pollutants can be upwards of between two to five times higher than outdoor air pollutants. So this actually oh makes a lot of sense, though, when you start thinking about the fact that in our homes, we're confined amongst these four walls. And especially in a lot of homes, we don't even open windows most of the time. Yeah. And when we're using so many chemicals in our homes, like cleaning chemicals, fragrances from things like plugins or air fresheners, um, fabric chemicals, fabric softeners, even that we're putting in our dryer, and then the off gassing of different things that we bring into our home, like plastics and that sort of thing, all of that ends up somewhat accumulating inside our indoor air and we're breathing that in on a daily basis so we have been so worried about the outdoor air quality for so long that we've kind of stopped thinking about well what are we actually adding into our homes and that's where really focusing on reducing your home toxins can make a huge improvement in your life Yeah. And it's actually crazy to think about the types of things people spray in their homes. They, you mentioned cleaning products and fragrances, they plug in to kind of diffuse or they burn candles and people don't really think about the accumulation or the impact of that. And also on that note, we we're making homes that are more energy efficient by, by doing uh, better insulation and that sort of thing. And people don't know that that's actually contributing 
to poorer indoor air quality because we don't have, like you mentioned, windows that are being opened, but we also don't have any kind of drafts going through, which is good for our for our energy efficiency, but not good for our indoor air quality. No, no. And it's, it's a really interesting thought to think about how much time we actually spend in our homes. Even if we didn't think of any other time frame, you're sleeping in your home for a straight eight hours potentially yep. per day. And most of us are spending a lot more time in our homes and we're breathing in all of those toxins day in and day out. Yeah. And so um, for reference, if anyone's looking to find out which chemicals they should be avoiding, you can actually Google the Environmental Working Group is a really great resource. And they have a list of I always just Google um, Environmental Working Group, chemicals to avoid or ingredients to avoid. And they actually have a really great article that breaks down some of these main chemicals that we're talking about. But one thing in particular is I notice a lot of people store things like paint in their basement. Mm. And people don't understand that an opened and reclosed or resealed paint can is actually a huge contributor contributor to indoor air pollution and indoor toxins as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you, let's just start with essential oils. How do you even use them? What's the role in our health? Let's just break it down from the basics. Okay, sure. So there's three main ways that we can use essential oils. Actually, there's four, and I'll explain why in a second. Okay. So the three ways that you would use them is first aromatically. So that would be using them inhaled in any way. So you could be using a diffuser. You could just be smelling them out of the bottle or making like a room spray type thing. The next way is topically, and this is basically putting it on your skin. And then the third way is internally. Now, this is something that you are only going to want to do with an essential oil that actually states on the bottle that you can use it internally. So not all brands can be used this way. And this is one of the reasons that I chose to use doTERRA essential oils because of the purity. And also the amount of research that doTERRA is doing right now in and around helping to conduct more actual scientific studies in the area of essential oils. Um, That's awesome. So those are the three main ways that you can use essential oils for your health. But then the fourth way that I always say is to start using essential oils to replace your cleaning products and to replace your personal care products. And the list of ways that you can do that really goes on and on and on. There's so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit more about essential oils. So essential oils have been used for centuries. They basically, it, it is just plant matter. It comes from all different parts of the plant. It comes from the bark, the stems, the root the resin of the plant itself. And it is now just starting to catch up in the modern science community to understand what people have known for centuries about the healing power of these essential oils. So there's very many different chemical properties within essential oils. And these chemical constituents, they can interact with our cells in our bodies to create a whole cascade of responses. So Without getting too sciencey, if you really think about Mm -hmm. it as essential oils are basically just helping your body do what it already knows how to do when it comes to healing your body. You can also use essential oils for emotional support as well. And we can talk a little bit about that. But there are so many different ways that you can use them. You can use them for immune support properties. There's different antimicrobial properties. Some of them contain different 
calming effects and pain relief and all of those sorts of things. And the best thing about using essential oils is that when you use them properly, they actually have no negative side effects. They don't bioaccumulate in our bodies, which means that they are safe and they're safe to use for all age groups, all different types of people, which is the, my favorite thing about essential oils. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think I want to just talk about um, the essential oil use internally and or diffusing. Why is it a problem to do this with essential oils that aren't high quality? Are there added ingredients? Are there possibly other chemicals? Like what are the risks? Yeah, so the essential oils industry itself is kind of a dirty industry. And I, and I say <laughs> this basically because there is um, indication that it's upwards of 90% of essential oils on the market are not pure. So basically it is. And so basically what this means is that the purity of an essential oil, it can be changed in a couple of different ways. The easiest way for people to change the purity is to simply just use another type of oil to reduce the amount of essential oil in the bottle. Now that one wouldn't be too scary. So let's say that they were using olive oil. They're basically just taking an amount of an essential oil. Let's say we use lavender and in your bottle, there might actually only be um, 15% lavender and the rest of it is just a carrier oil, which wouldn't be too scary. But where we start to see the scary spots happen is that when people take essential oils and they do what they call um, synth synthesize the essential oil. So basically what that means is that they take something like lavender, they bring it into the laboratory and they start to break it down into its own chemical constituents. And then the laboratory scientists, they say, well, it seems like this specific chemical is what is creating that nice lavender smell. So we're just going to reproduce this in the laboratory and then call it lavender. Because ultimately it is the same chemical as lavender, but it's been changed synthetically. And the one thing we have wow. to remember is that our bodies, they can tell the difference between real pure things and synthesized things. If we think of our food as an example, this is the best example out there. If you were to just walk into a field and start chomping on corn, your body recognizes that as food. It digests right. it as food. It deals with it the way that it needs to. Now, if we take corn and we process it and we start to change it and we start to actually change some of the different components of that corn, it's still labeled as corn on our food, but our bodies don't recognize it the same. And then you end up having a whole slew of different problems. This is the same as essential with essential oils. Now, there are other essential oils companies out there that they are adding things like alcohols and those sorts of things to make the oil maybe smell better. Um, they also can add different ingredients just to make the oil go further because you have to remember that it takes a lot of plant matter to create a very small amount of an essential oil because of the way that the distillation process happens. Um, I use the example of, of maple syrup. If you think of how we produce maple syrup, you take lots of sap from the tree and boil it down to get a small amount of maple syrup. It's the same thing with essential oils. So the industries, they're trying to look for ways to make more money ultimately. Yeah. So when you are choosing yeah. an essential oil, you want to make sure that you're partnering up with a company who does their due diligence. If you cannot 
tell where that essential oil is actually coming from meaning you don't know where it's been sourced you don't know if it's been tested before it puts in the put it in the bottle then stay away from it you don't want to be using those types of essential oils in any way in my opinion but especially in internally on your body yeah yeah and you know what actually this conversation kind of reminds me of how i feel about the supplement industry mm-hmm. in general there's tons of supplements um, that are unre- unregulated, not researched. There's been consumer reports looking at specific like shoppers brand, Walmart brand type supplements, looking at the fact that they don't actually have in the supplement what they claim to have. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of purity I- issues there. And I was actually going to mention, I use a product by one of the professional companies that I use. And it is actually an essential oil, very good quality essential oil because it's a a professional brand, but they use lavender in their pills and it's the products called lavender sap. And so I actually have been using essential oils as part of my treatment in a lot of different ways. And to be honest, I didn't even really think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've had great benefits with respect to sleep and anxiety in my patients. So that's just kind of one use that safely I've been doing internal essential oil treatments on my patients. Yeah. And I'm sure there's tons of other ways in which you can do that. Yeah. And I always say to people too, that if you're not comfortable using essential oils internally, then don't, you can get just as many benefits by diffusing them or using them topically. I personally love taking essential oils internally because I have found that that is the best way that my body uses the essential oil. And to be honest, it's easy. If there's an essential oil that I don't love the smell of, and I want to get the benefit from it, I take it internally. So some of them, they don't always smell pretty and nice. And I don't necessarily want to be walking around with that slathered all over my body. So I take them (laughs) internally. And I, I say to people that, you know what, you do what you're comfortable doing. And if you're not comfortable using them internally, then don't. But don't do it because you're afraid. Learn, learn the benefits, learn how to do it safely. And then it won't be as daunting to you is what I suggest. And yeah. And so are there essential oils, even if they're high quality and tested for purity, are there ones that you can not take internally? So that's something that it depends on who you ask, but I personally won't use things like wintergreen. I wouldn't use that one internally. Um, And then there's some that you just wouldn't use internally because you're not going to get the benefits from them internally. So it really just has to, you have to look at what it is that you're trying to achieve when using the essential oil. And that's where it comes to, being just really confident in your intuition with your own body and knowing what's best. Oregano is one that a lot of people have used internally before. It might not be the best option for everyone. It is a very hot essential oil in the sense that if you put it on your skin topically, you will notice it. Um, And It's something that some people might not be comfortable doing. They might get an upset stomach from it. It's not something that they would love to use and especially the amount. So when I use essential oils internally, I'm talking like one or two drops at a time. Like it's not like I'm using half the bottle or anything like that. So a lot of it does come down to common sense when you're using essential oils and using them safely, but you really need to 
understand why. Why are you choosing to do this? And that's a question that I ask a lot of my customers as well. Yeah. So, and also on that note, if people are wondering which ones they should be taking or if they should be taking them internally, really, they need to be asking an expert. So they need to be reaching out to someone like yourself to really get the confidence and understand which ones they should be using internally, if, if any, right? Yeah. And to be honest, the nice thing about doTERRA is that, that their bottles will tell you what you can use okay. internally or not. Um, another resource that you can check out is if you actually just go on to doTERRA.com, you can look up all of the different essential oils that they have, and it will tell you the best ways to use them. So I always follow those guidelines. That's something that I, I like to follow. Um, one of the essential oils that actually comes up a lot is using internally is tea tree. So oftentimes okay. people say, don't use it. It's toxic. You can't use it internally. Well, I actually doesn't, that doesn't make sense because if you're using something, again, it comes back to that idea of if you would put it in your mouth, you can put it on your skin or you can clean your house with it. So if I'm cleaning my house with tea tree and I'm putting it on my skin, it's getting absorbed into my bloodstream anyways. So why couldn't I use it internally? And this is where right. it's a matter of really understanding body systems and body processes to say, okay, it doesn't really make sense. If you're, if you're using it aromatically and you're putting it on your skin, well, why can't I take it internally? And there are a number of factors that might go along with that, like irritation to different lining of, of the stomach or the esophagus. But if you're doing it properly and you're doing it safely, then it's not a risk. So I think this is a big area that people kind of need to really look at where their facts are coming from and what information they're getting. Absolutely. And so on that note, when we're putting essential oils topically on our skin, what are things we should be aware of before putting certain certain essential oils or is there ones we should be putting more than others? Yeah. So I recommend that when you're using essential oils topically on your skin, that you use a carrier oil with them. And the reason... Okay. So what's a carrier oil yeah. for people who don't know? So a carrier oil is basically any, I say, vegetable-based oil. So things like mm-hmm. coconut oil, avocado, cavo, sorry, avocado oil, um, <laughs> yeah. almond oil, even olive oil. You can use those to help carry the essential oil over a larger area on your skin. But it also actually helps support the absorption of the essential oil on our skin. Our skin is a protective barrier that stops things from entering. And it's lipid. It's a lipid base. So basically, that means that it needs fat to help absorb things into the skin. Essential oils, even though they're called oils, don't actually contain fatty oil, the way that some of these other carrier oils might have. So by using a carrier oil, you're going to help absorb, but you're also going to help. And I, I don't really love using this word because I feel like it can make it seem like you're reducing the effects, but you're going to help dilute the essential oil. You're not going to reduce the effects though. So for a little essential oil safety tip is if you do put an essential oil on your skin and it is causing irritation, Use a carrier oil to dilute that essential oil. Don't use water. It's kind of like when you're 
eating hot wings <laughs> at the bar, yeah. you don't want to use water to get rid of the heat. You're going to grab something like right. milk to help reduce that. It's yeah. the same thing with essential oils. So if you do have a reaction, make sure you wash the area with the carrier oil. Just like if you were to get essential oils in your eyes, you want to use a carrier oil to wash out the oil first, and then you can rinse it out with soap and water afterwards. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So that's actually good. Yeah. Really good information. Um, and then is there, so if we were to put an oil on our skin, are there ones that cause irritation more than others? Are there ones that are known to be okay to put directly on the skin or should we always have a carrier? So some essential oils, you can apply what we call neat, which basically means without dilution. Um, <laughs> like an alcohol term. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so things like frankincense, lavender, tea tree, those essential oils are completely safe to apply with no dilution or no carrier oil. I, though, recommend that to get the best benefit from your essential oils, that using a carrier oil is actually better. Um, but you can do it. So it really just depends on the person's skin sensitivity as to whether or not they are comfortable using the essential oil without a carrier oil. Okay. Um, and so what are some simple ways people can start detoxifying their lives with use of essential oils? Yeah. So there's honestly, the best place to start is with your home products. So your cleaning products and your personal care products. One of the things that I say to a lot of my people is to start using DIYs in their home to reduce the chemicals that they're being exposed to, the toxins. Um, you can just basically start saying that, okay, the next time I run out of toilet bowl cleaner, I'm not going to go to the store and buy it. I'm going to make my own DIY. And to be honest, DIY products, oftentimes it's as simple as using vinegar and water. You might want to pick up something called Castile soap, which is a, a vegetable-based soap. It really has very little ingredients in it, but it's very effective as a soap. Um, and you mm -hmm. can use it on your skin, but you can also use it in different DIY products. And the idea is, is that as you start to run out of them, you're going to start replacing them. Or you can even make a goal that once a week, you're going to replace a different product into your house. Everything you do counts. And once you start, it actually becomes a lot simpler to replace it. The, the first one that I say to people to get rid of is if you're using any kind of synthetic fragrances in your home, whether that be perfumes or body sprays, or even just like the plug-in air fresheners and those sorts of things, get rid of those. Grab a diffuser. If you want your house to smell nice and fresh, use essential oils in your home. If you want your body to smell fresh, use essential oils as a perfume. There's so many different options that we can use. And yeah, and on the note of perfumes, perfumes are not only expensive, mm -hmm. but they're jam-packed with toxins. And on that note, um, I've been seeing a lot of commercials with specific products because essential oils are now becoming a little bit of a trend. Mm -hmm. And with any trend, like a trend in probiotics, companies use that to their advantage. And they say, ooh, with essential oils, we added essential oils. So specifically, I want to highlight, have you seen the commercials for the Airwick mm. essential oil yeah, diffusers? I have. So anyways, people people are finding this buzzword of essential oils and they're saying, oh, this seems like it would be a better option for my health because it says essential oils. So on their 
on their, um, I looked on their website to see if I could find some more information. So they have one. And so for their la lavender and chamomile essential oil diffuser, Airwick claims that there are over 80 lavender flowers in each bottle. Is that a thing? Well, if there's only 80 lavender flowers in their bottle of what they're calling essential oil, that it's not actually a very pure essential oil <laughs> because okay, it would okay. take a lot more lavender to right. create a bottle. Um, to give you an example, we have like a 15 milliliter bottle of lemon essential oil. That yeah. bottle, the essential oil for citrus oils come from the rind of the fruit and there's over 60 lemons in okay. a bottle of lemon <laughs> yeah. essential oil. So if we think of a lavender flower, they're really tiny. So the fact that they're saying that there's only 80 lavender flowers in each bottle, that just seems silly. Um, but yes, we should be skeptical. And the reason that we should be skeptical is that these people, when they're putting these types of chemical constituents, they very well might be using actual chemical constituents from the lavender plant, but they are not using the actual lavender. They're not using all of the chemical constituents. And the reason that they're doing that is because they want their fragrance to be consistent. They want you to buy it today and then right. buy it a year from yeah. now and it still smell the same. So right. they can't do that if they were using something from nature, because there's so many different variants. And I think that's something that we need to be cautious of when we're looking at that stuff. Yeah. And I think that really anybody should have a red flag up when they see contains essential oils. Yes. Cause what else is in there? Exactly. <laughs> so I actually did some digging and I will have, I will let you know that the ingredients were not on the website. Mm. So I had to do some, some more digging and kind of see if I could come up with it. So the first ingredient in these uh, products is actually fragrance. Okay. So tell me a bit about fragrance and, and what that means and if it is essential oil at all. So fragrance is actually a word that the different industries use to basically say that they have something in there that contains volatile aromatic compounds and that's basically a fancy word for something that we can smell now okay that can also mean that there's over a hundred different types of chemicals used to create that smell and because it's considered proprietary companies are not required to list those chemicals that's scary yes <laughs> so there could be essential oil components in there, but oftentimes they're not. And oftentimes there can actually be chemicals in some of these different things that actually block our ability to smell things. So there's wow. a popular um, company out there that indicates that they have a, a spray that kills bacteria causing odors. Well, in right. fact, <laughs> what they're doing is they're actually blocking the receptors in our brain to smell the smells so are you serious yeah so they're, <laughs> they're not actually changing anything in our air they're just changing the way that we smell it and I think we all know what what company that yeah was. we don't need to go there <laughs> that is, we won't go there um so that's really interesting so fragrance is the first ingredient and then the rest I was just kind of like it was 
a bunch of ingredients that definitely didn't sound like they would be lavender and chamomile essential oil. Mm -hmm. And if they were, they seemed like they would be, like you were mentioning before, the chemically altered kind of constituents that were added in. Yeah. So one of them that I see often is that they use the word linalool. So linalool is a component of natural lavender, but linalool on its own is not lavender. And this is the thing is that you can actually find linalool in so many different essential oils, but on its own, you're not going to get the same benefits in your body because remember your body needs the whole chemical component in order for it to react appropriately with our cells. And when we try to confuse our body, it, by giving it like these synthetic versions, that's when you start having the bioaccumulation happen within your body and the negative effects happening. Yeah. And I think, so really the take home point of choosing your products and finding the right products is making sure that number one, you're educating yourself. Number two, you're reading labels because that's really what it comes down to. And if something seems too good to be true, i.e. Airwick, I don't mean to kind of bring them down in particular, but that's just one that I, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just be skeptical when we see something that contains essential oils, or if you have a problem finding the ingredients or things like that, just kind of keep your, keep yourself on high alert when looking for these products and make sure you're getting the best quality. It might be a bit more pricey, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. And that's actually something that a lot of people say to me is that, well, essential oils are expensive. It's actually somewhat of a misconception because we, we really only need to use such a small amount of an essential oil to get the benefit from it that they actually end mm-hmm. up being only pennies per drop of essential oil. Right. Um, for example, lemon, I use that as an example. In a 15 mm-hmm. milliliter bottle, you're getting over 240 drops of lemon essential oil. So if we think about this for a second, one or two drops is enough. A bottle of lemon essential oil is approximately $13, okay? Mm, So mm -hmm. really when you start thinking about it on those terms, that you're only using one or two drops to get the benefit from it and you've spent this much money, you couldn't go and buy 60 lemons for $13, right? right? Like now the purpose of lemon essential oil versus a lemon is obviously different. But when you start looking at it in those terms, the idea of the expense starts to get reduced a little bit. And I have actually saved a significant amount of money by using essential oils as cleaning products, as well as in my personal care products, because you're not spending so much money on somebody else formulating it for you. And you're using basic ingredients. Absolutely. And so I want to actually get a DIY tip so that everybody can kind of go home with something they can make or, or the easiest thing they can make at home. But I want to ask you a question before we get into that. Sure. And so my essential oil diffuser that I have is so we hear that there's different ways to diffuse. And so is it important when you're looking for a diffuser? Are you looking for ultrasonic? Are you looking for a cool mist? Like what are the words we should be looking for when we're looking for a diffuser? Yeah, so you always want to look for a diffuser that is either ultrasonic or um, basically nothing that heats your essential oils. Heating can actually reduce the chemical availability of the essential oil. 
So while it might still smell nice, it's changing the chemical components. So our body's not going to use them as well. Um, so I would say stick to either ultrasonic or anything that uses um, water. Or if you even just want to like put your essential oil on like a lava rock or um, a oh, felt okay. pad or something like that. One of the things that I actually do quite simply in my office is if I'm sitting at my desk, I just open a bottle of essential oil on my desk. And I get the diffused benefits from it that way. So it doesn't okay. have to be complicated when it comes to using them aromatically. And so I've heard of people putting essential oils in their candles, on candles. You mentioned heating that kind of changes the structure. Is it dangerous to, to be putting it in, in or on candles or, or burning or heating? I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but you're definitely changing the chemical nature of it. So if you're looking to get physical health benefits from the essential oil, you're definitely not going to get those if you are heating your essential oil. Plus, if you're putting them on candles anyways, there's a whole bunch of other chemicals that you're adding into the air right. and that sort of thing. So that's a whole other side of it. Honestly, just stick to your diffusers. Stick to an ultrasonic diffuser. There's so many out there that you can get now. But um, yeah. you want to find one that comes from a reputable company so that you know that the plastics that they're using in it are safe and that you are getting the best quality for your dollar, ultimately. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, let's go back to DIY. So sure. what's your quickest, easiest tip that if somebody was starting DIY, has never done it before with essential oils, where would you start? Yeah. So my favorite DIY is making your own hand soap. Um, so not most of us have used like a foaming hand soap. And I, I love the foaming hand soap because it just makes it so much easier to wash your hands, especially with kids. Yeah. So if you have a foaming hand soap container from another product, or you can go to different stores and purchase them or find them online. The key is, is that you need that pump part that creates the foam. Right. And then you can make your own and it saves money and it's so much better. So here's the, the ingredients that you're going to put into it. It's so, so simple. You're basically going to use that foaming hand soap pump. You're going to use something called Castile soap. I mentioned it before. The brand that I tend to use is called Dr. Bronner's, but you can get a yeah, number of different yep. brands. And then you're going to use water and essential oil. And that's it. And you're going to fill the foaming hand soap container about three quarters of the way with water, then add about a tablespoon of the Castile soap, and then between five to 10 drops of whatever essential oil you choose. And that's it. Shake it up. You've got yourself foaming hand soap. It's so, so simple. That's awesome. Yeah. What blends do you like? So I like using things like lemon or peppermint, um, anything citrus, like wild orange, lime those are always nice fresh scents if you're looking for a soap that has more antimicrobial mi properties when washing your hands you can use things like tea tree lemon or any of the citrus ones are great for that as well but doTERRA actually has a blend called on guard it has mm -hmm. clove wild orange cinnamon eucalyptus and rosemary in there and it's a wonderful antioxidant as well as antimicrobial blend that you can use for your hand soap Awesome. And with hand soaps specifically, we mentioned a ton of chemicals and ingredients. And a lot of people don't know 
especially toothpaste and hand soaps and things like that, often contain a chemical called triclosan. And it's an antibacterial, antimicrobial, but it's been found to induce uh, antibiotic resistance. So basically making bugs that are resistant to it. And so we're not really killing the germs we thought we were killing. It's also been linked to reproductive abnormalities and, and just that's to name a few. So it's really good to be getting away from those types of things in making something like a DIY soap. For sure. And that's ultimately what the goal is, is that you're using more natural products and natural ingredients to make things that we use on a daily basis. Like I wash my hands, I probably 25 times a day. (laughs) So if you think about that exposure that you're helping to reduce by creating a DIY, you're really helping your body. Yeah. And all of that bioaccumulation that you mentioned at the very beginning, we are ultimately reducing that is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Um, so I want to just run through because people are probably wondering, okay, where do I start? Which ones, which ones do I use to do this, that, or the other? So I want to run through what your favorite essential oils are for certain uh, specific circumstances. Okay. So let's start with immune health prevention and or treatment. What do you like? Okay. So for perfect. For prevention, I recommend any essential oil or blend that is a high antioxidant. And the reason being is that antioxidants help keep our cells healthy. Ultimately, there's a whole scientific explanation as to why, but we'll just leave it at that. They help keep our cells healthy. (laughs) So clove is actually one of the highest antioxidants that you can get. It's higher than blueberries Mm -hmm. on the, on the whole antioxidant scale. So using something like clove essential oil, which is in that on guard blend, on a daily basis as a prevention for helping keep your body healthy. It's a wonderful tool. Now, if you do happen to get sick, there are a number of essential oils that have those antimicrobial properties that can help you get better. So help your body, support your body in getting better. Oregano, tea tree, they're wonderful for using for infection. There's also some blends or different essential oils that you can use to help ease symptoms. So there's a blend called Easy Air. It's a blend of things like eucalyptus and peppermint. There's cardamom in there as well for coughs and colds. Cardamom is a wonderful spice. You can use it in your cooking, but it also has beautiful respiratory support properties. And that's what I love about this is that something like cardamom, you would never think would be great for respiratory support, but it is so wonderful. And I know my, when it comes to that easier with eucalyptus, my husband loves going to the steam room and bringing an essential oil like eucalyptus Mm -hmm. to uh, breathe it in. Would you recommend doing that because it is in steam or is that beneficial? Yeah, it is beneficial. I actually do it in my shower. So I have like a little lava stone that I put my essential oils on that's that's at the bottom (laughs) of my shower. And then the steam just helps bring it up into the shower. It's wonderful. It's relaxing. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Yeah. Do So where do you get this stone? Is this something you can get through doTERRA or where would you recommend people get the stone if they want to do this? I actually just got, it was like a pumice stone from the health food store. Okay. Um, and it, it hangs on like a little rope and I just hang it okay. at the bottom of my shower by the faucet. That's, That's what awesome. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Simple stuff. Okay. Absolutely. And so favorite essential oils for pain? Yeah. So there's a number of different essential oils that you can use, but my favorite is one called Copaiba. And never heard of it. Yeah. So (laughs) it's starting to become a little bit more talked about now because 
of the research that's being done. So oftentimes, if you are looking for research on essential oils, you don't actually look for the essential oil. You have to start to dig into the different chemical components of the essential oil because that's where the research has been done. So right. without getting, again, too sciencey, Copaiba contains a, a constituent called beta-carophylline. Say that 10 times fast. Um, <laughs> so this essential oil, or sorry, this component is actually something called a cannabinoid. Now, cannabinoids are becoming a lot more mainstream now with the introduction of CBD oil yep, and medical yep. marijuana. But what we need to know is that these cannabinoids, basically, the only reason that they're called that is because they react with receptors in our brain that was discovered when they studied medical marijuana. Okay, so there's two different types of cannabinoid receptors in our brain. There's a CB1 receptor and a CB2 receptor. The CB2 receptor is where we get the pain relief, the anti-inflammatory relief, and all of those types of benefits. And this beta-carophylline reacts with that receptor in our brain. So it's a wonderful tool for helping with pain, but also emotional support with anxiety and um, helping people fall asleep and those sorts of things. So lots of different benefits with Copaiba. On that note of helping fall asleep versus pain versus anxiety, are you using it differently? Are you using it topically versus aromatically? Like how is it changing or can you use it the same way and it has all those benefits? Yeah. And this is what is so awesome about essential oils is that you can use it in one way and get all of those benefits. So, so Copaiba, it's not one of those oils that I love the smell of. So I take it internally and you get all of those benefits because it's reacting with that receptor in your brain and you're getting those benefits. There are certain essential oils that for emotional support, especially it is better to inhale them. And it's because of the way that they interact with our brain. Um, really quickly, our olfactory system, which is our sense of smell, it links up to something called the limbic system in the brain. That's where we store a lot of our emotions, our fight or flight responses there, as well as our memories are stored in that limbic system. And when that limbic Mm -hmm. system gets triggered, a couple of different cascades in the brain start to happen. And that's why actually inhaling something like lavender can start causing relaxation, because creating that chemical change in the brain. Wow. Um, that's awesome. I, and I love hearing about essential oils that I've never heard about. So Copaiba sounds like something and I like the name of it. So <laughs> no, <it's laughs> it sounds cool. like something. Else. Yeah. What would you recommend for headaches? Peppermint. So peppermint, quite simply, you can rub it on your temples or on your forehead or the back of your neck to help reduce tension, especially. Um, it's naturally cooling, which is nice when you put it on your skin and it can help relieve that pounding headache that you have oh that's awesome because I know a lot of people look for things in the moment that they can take or or things that they can do to take away a headache without having to take Advil Mm -hmm. or Tylenol so I think that's a really important thing to know and so lastly I know we get this question and lots of people get asked this question there's lots of doctor googling um, with the safety regarding essential oils and your pets So tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so there is some guidelines that you certainly want to follow when you're using essential oils on your pets to help them with their own physical stuff. But when we're using essential oils in our home, if you're using a pure brand like doTERRA, you are safe. You're safe to use essential oils diffused topically. You don't have to worry about it. But ultimately, you've got to use common sense. Um, Right. 
the big thing with pets is that they're tiny. Their bodies don't metabolize things necessarily the same way that we metabolize them. Cats, for example, they can't, they, they don't have the same enzyme in their body to break down certain essential oils. So when we use the essential oils on our pets, we do have to be aware of that. Now, that's a whole topic in itself, but just yeah. know that if you're using a brand like doTERRA and you're using it diffused in your house or you're topically on yourself, don't worry. You're not going to be poisoning your pets doing that. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm sure that's really good for people to understand because I think there's a lot of, again, these scare tactics and this fear mongering around don't diffuse essential oils in the same room as your pet. And really it's about looking at the quality and, and the types and, and the whole, that sort of thing. Yeah. But before we wrap up, if somebody was to want to begin their intro into essential oils, they want to start using them. Do you offer any classes or resources? How can, how can somebody get started? Yeah. So there are definitely a class is the first thing that I invite people to come out and experience. You can either do that in person or online, or even with myself, I am happy to sit on the phone with somebody one-on-one just talking about some of the different health goals that they might have some ways that they want to get started using with essential oils. My focus is education. And then I then show you how to get these tools into your house. Because once you figure out that this is the journey that you want to go on to, it's really easy to get overwhelmed with all of the information out there. And I want to make sure that you're starting on the simplest level possible. And that is my job is to help people with that. So yeah, you can certainly come to a class, you can reach out to me online. Um, So many different ways out there, you can even just go on to doTERRA.com. There's a ton of information. They actually have several different ebooks that are free for anybody to have a look at for education purposes. Absolutely. That's amazing. So with you specifically, where can people find you, be a part of the journey, learn more? I know you do a lot of Instagram lives, Facebook lives. I know you have a big role in helping with business development with people. And that'll be a whole, that'll probably be another (laughs) podcast podcast. for us. Yeah. But, but, but I know that you can be an amazing resource for people with respect to both of those things. So where can people find you, follow you, like you? For sure. So on Instagram and Facebook, I am at Laura Essentially Inspired. And on there, I just post stuff about my life and my general health and well-being. A lot in my stories, I post how I'm using my oils on a daily basis and how they benefit me. Um, But ultimately, yeah, if you reach out to me there, you can send me a message through there. If you have any specific questions and you want to get connected in to have a one-on-one chat, we can certainly do that through there. Absolutely. So I will put that information for anybody who's wondering, I'll put it in the description of this episode. So if you're wondering about spelling or anything, um, we'll have that information there. Laura, thank you so much. This has been so informative. I think everybody's going to feel really great about starting to use essential oils after this because you've answered certainly a lot of my questions that I had no idea about. So thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. And I'm so passionate about this topic that I could literally talk about it all day long. So, and I think, and I think that's the difference between, and, and that's why I am so inspired by you because you are passionate about it and education again, where you and I really connect is we both love education. And if we can deliver that to, to people on sort of this kind of platform, then we've really done 
done our job. Yeah. And so yeah. my goal really is that knowledge is power. And if you can provide people with the empowerment to take care of themselves um, from a healthcare perspective, you are serving them in such a wonderful way. And that is my goal with my business is to provide that education to empower people. I don't want people to feel like they have to always be asking me questions or always Googling things to learn, but to be able to feel very confident in the knowledge that they have. Absolutely. And I think that's so important. And I would completely agree. Um, Thank you everyone who's listened to this episode. This has been the Well Women podcast and I am Dr. Laura. Give me a follow on Instagram at Dr. Laura ND and you can follow Laura Skelmos at Laura Essentially Inspired. And that information will all be on the podcast description. And if you have any questions, reach out and let us know. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye.